When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller, we're with you here for the next couple of hours. Thank you for joining us uh, here this morning. Uh, the BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. One guest in the first hour of the program. We're going to talk NFL with our friend Vinny Iyer uh, from the uh, uh, from Sporting News. Uh, we'll catch up with uh, Vinny, a uh, Northwestern grad. wonder if he watched his cats go down in double OT. Last night to Maryland, a better game than um, you know for the end of the night. Getting ready to turn in, not a bad way um, to watch the final. Well, it turned out to be a double OT game. But Vinny Iyer, uh, Northwestern grad, NFL columnist for the Sporting News at ten thirty. At eleven oh five, Matt Postens covers the Big Twelve for Heartland College Sports. He also writes on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and he will join us at 11.05, so we will double-dip Matt Postens on what he's seen thus far in hoops in the Big 12 and then the Cowboys and the Niners and what I think promises to be the best game of the weekend. We shall see. And finally, Wade Looking Bill will slide on in here at about 11.30, 11.35, and he will help us out with, boy, nice to see the Hawks back on the hardwood. It's been a while, and they will uh, play tonight FS1 has that one. Television down the hall here, one uh, on 1040 News Radio, 1040 WHO. It's scheduled for an eight o'clock tip. How are you? I'm doing well. Fun night of hoops last night. It was. It was. A fun, you know what it was, Trent? As much as anything, uh, it was fun listening to hoops. I could listen to Emenecker Collie game. Oh yeah, he was he, great. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Brad Wells uh, is he a local guy? I uh, think Cedar I've seen this guy. before. Yeah. yeah. Lives up in the Cedar Valley. Okay, because yep. uh, he did the play-by-play, and Emenecker was on the color, and he's so good. That was a fun game to watch last night. Illinois State and Drake going at it, and two-point game at the half, and Drake pulled away late. La- la- Boy, this Tucker DeVries, he's, he looks build-wise mm-hmm. like a senior, doesn't he? He does, yeah, and he was, even in high school, well put together. Yeah, yeah. You can see why he was a top 75 recruit right. nationally. Yeah. And this is a guy that could have gone to Creighton, Oregon. I mean, he had, this wasn't just coach's kid. Get an opportunity. He was a big time player, and yeah. he could play at a higher level. Drake is lucky to have him, mm-hmm. and they're lucky to have the guy as the head coach that they have right there. No doubt, got the right dude. Took a while. Took a couple of coaching searches. Had to go through the Jackalettis of the world, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, but finally they got the right guy there, and they continue to Mark win. Phelps, oh, Mark Phelps. What was that, Sandy? Sandy Hatfield Club, yeah. What was it? There was some connection between yeah, Arizona his... State or something. Right? Yeah, I, that's I, what I it was. Seems to yeah. recall. Uh, and every candidate that was suggested to her, apparently, uh, if if it was suggested to her, she was going to go in a different direction. So she brought Mark Phelps in. Mark Phelps part of maybe one of the most memorable interviews on this radio station 
Um, and he wasn't part of it. His name was. Okay. When the cop man asked, uh, who do you have on? Rick Pitino, I want to oh, say. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember this story. Well, your thoughts on uh, on Drake hired Mark Phelps? I have no idea who Mark Phelps is. <laughs> Which was, wow. And then did the coaching there? fraternity, everybody knows you everybody. think, right? I mean, how do you follow that up with, oh, uh, anyways, um, rest his soul, the cop man. Yes. Um, so, yeah, they got it wrong a couple of times to your point, but they certainly seem to have it right now. Murphy was good last night. Roman Penn was good last night. It was a fun listen. It was a fun watch. And uh, I'm glad that one of our uh, listeners pointed out that the game actually was on 671. Yes, thank you. Valley Sports Midwest. Absolutely, thank you, because I would not have thought to check there. I would have been watching it on my iPad, and it's so much more enjoyable watching it on a big screen. Uh, but it was good to see. What else from last night? You know, speaking of good listens, Lisa Byington and Stephen Bardo and I like both of them. Now I thought she, I thought wasn't she the named the voice of the Sixers? Was it the Sixers or the Bucks? I thought it was the Bucks. Maybe it was and the Bucks. There's another female that's the 76ers. I okay, believe. yeah. But um, regardless, I thought that was a full time gig. Yeah, maybe had, had some time off. I maybe, don't know. Uh, maybe get another game in there. Whatever it was. But, but they're a good listen. Yes, absolutely. and it was a good game. And I felt horrible for the Gophers. I really did. I thought you know what this team really needs one. And uh, I felt horrible. It's probably a little over the top. But when Curry it. went down there in the That's final minute. That's just it, yeah, right? It, it it almost felt inevitable. Yep, it was. And if he was in there, does does Howard get that? Mm. Hauser get that put back? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michigan State celebrated. Um, and now Iowa's got to go up to the barn on, on Sunday. Sunday, right? And you said that game's late afternoon? Oh, let's see here. I got it right in It's right front in the middle of, of football. What o'clock? One o'clock. One o'clock. Okay, so what was... So, and Iowa State's one o'clock. Yes. On Saturday. On Saturday. Boy, I hope the roads are cleared for the Cyclone, because they've sold the place out. Did you see that? Hilton, there, you can't buy yeah. a ticket. Um, and we are supposed to get whacked tomorrow. Think Just it's going to happen? Pretty, Put on your Ed Wilson pretty good hat. at this, I think. I mean, they're, they're seemingly more accurate now than they were, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's technology. I mean, I hope they're wrong. Everybody does. Right. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm guessing that when when Ed's doing the forecast, he hopes he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it certainly doesn't seem like it's uh, like it's going to miss us. Uh, but it's January, and you can't bitch look outside this morning. And yes. Go back to yesterday, for God's sakes. There's no Beautiful. snow, very, very little. Got all the Christmas decorations down yesterday outside. Yeah, yesterday afternoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got them all down and was good to go after that. And put a smile on my face mm-hmm. as I was wearing shorts out there doing it. Well, it was gorgeous. It was in the mid-50s for crying out loud. Middle of Sign January. for that every single day, but reality sets in tomorrow. Yes. Uh, so that was, um, I guess, the basketball story from yesterday. Again, glad I watched the Bulldogs. Glad I did. It was uh, it was a fun watch, and, and Emmenecker and Brad Wells did a really nice job. My guy Garrett Sturtz was good again. Uh, coming off the bench, uh, Wilkins got his, DeVries got his, Tur- Murphy got his, and Roman Penn's a difference maker. So I flipped over to some NBA late last night, too. So I was excited. The college games that I was watching got over. Watched Northwestern Maryland through double overtime. Was watching the St. John's UConn game because I had an opinion on that one. And that the, game, what time did that game end? Oh, 10 20. So that's 11 20 there. Right. Ooh. It was a late, late night of basketball. Mm-hmm. But so I flip over, see it's tight at the half, Bulls, Nets. Here we go. Cappy was telling us. Cappy probably yep. brought that up. It was a nine o'clock tip. Late yes. tip, ESPN, locked in, ready to roll. And then the third quarter comes, and it was all nets. Was it? James Harden mm-hmm. was incredible. He looked thinner, quicker. 
and watching him in comparison to the reason that I hate watching James Harden play in the past, the jumping into guys, yep. he still does the same kind of moves, but instead of leaning into people, he just getting clear and making shots. And he had one move at the top of the key, just absolutely unbelievable, going backwards, of course, you know, a pullback yep. dribble. Yep. And instead of then leaning back into the defender, he just went up and shot. I said, this is what I've been looking for the last eight years from this guy. Mm-hmm. It was so good last night. I wanted the Bulls to make a run. It just never happened. The Nets, when they're playing at that level, I know people, and there's Bulls fans certainly in this market, excited to actually have a team to root right, for. Right. But when the Nets are right. They are so clear. They're going to be tough to beat, right? They're going to be very difficult to beat. No, and and, uh, are they still the favorites to win it all? If they're not, they're very they're They're, short price, right? Is them the Bucks were up there too? Mm -hmm. But yeah, they're a really tight price. And I'm going to guess after last night's performance, I mean that just goes to another level. And they got Kyrie, right? At least on on the the road. road. Yep. Is that ultimately he's going to be? New York's going to allow him to play, right? Trent, I don't know. I mean, he's a good basketball player. Changed the rules. We, so we see it in Australia. They're, mm-hmm. they're changing the rules for one guy. Did you see that story yesterday as they're getting ready for the draw of the. Uh, it was actually. I they last delayed night. it. Yeah. And they just delay it. So there's people that are watching the screen getting ready for the draw, tennis fans. Last night, two minutes before they come on at mm-hmm. whatever, it was 2.58 their time over there, PM. And the screen just goes dark. Yeah. And they're just, no, we're not going to do it now. Right. And there are people that are in the building for the draw, media members. And they said, yeah, we're still going to do this. Nothing. Well, nothing. Nothing. If he was the 131st ranked player it in the world. It wouldn't even be a conversation. It wouldn't even be a conversation. No. Exactly. Does it matter that much for business? No. It's not I like he's a beloved does. figure either. No, I think I think the country, and I don't know, I don't, I'm speaking for Australia, right? Yeah. Right. I don't follow tennis. So I kind of feel like this is uh, way over the tips of my skis. But. It, it seemed like they the, the country was behind him playing because they're sick of the lockdowns over mm-hmm. there. They are strict as hell. Yes. I mean, strict as hell over there, apparently. And they wanted him to play, but then they found out that he, he twisted the truth a little bit right? Uh, in his entrance, and now they, they've turned against him. I, I don't want to talk vac- vaccines. I don't. I mm-hmm. don't, because I just see people reaching for the dog. I have to tell this one story. Please don't change the channel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you hear what they did in Quebec? I'm only bringing this up because this is my home and native land. Yeah, help help us out here. Right. Well, if you want to sing the song first, maybe that'll keep sing the Canada. Yeah. Uh, no, I want to keep what a the great audience. national anthem. It is a good anthem, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah I love our anthem. Um, my anthem. Um, and all the other Canadians in the listening audience, if there happen to be some. So in Quebec, Canadians love our beer. We <laughs> love our beer. Yes. And now marijuana, is, cannabis, is legal throughout the whole country. Okay. And it's like convenience stores, apparently. And I've been up there in a long time. So, it's, I mean, I'm meaning what I mean is every corner has a, has a pot store. So you can no longer in Quebec buy alcohol or marijuana if you don't serve your vaccination card. Oh. And the first week that that new policy was implemented, first time vaccinations quadrupled. 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 <laughs> So people said, going to yeah. get my booze. Well, you know what? Um, yep. My stance on things is just softened. Anyways, enough about that. The, the, the goal is to keep it on. But I found it funny. And it worked. I, it did. It worked. And, and it did. And um, it'll never happen here, and I'm not saying that it should. 
Okay, so let, let's move on. Yeah. Now, did you see Scott Dockerman's column from yesterday? And I have not, no. So it's a good, it's a good piece, and, and for whatever reason, The Athletic uh, turns to Doc when it comes to scheduling stuff, yes. or bowl game stuff, or how this... So he's kind of their go-to guy. So Doc wrote a piece on the Big Ten, and in particular, then he came back and he wrote one on Iowa and on the changes for that. There's kind of a throwaway line at the very end uh, of his column. Um, and I want to find it because apparently there is still conversations about doing away with the divisions. And that came up in, in Doc's column. Very last line of his column is they are tinkering with the fact that football divisions would either be tinkered with or done away with entirely kind of like we have in basketball what are your thoughts on that that we get i mean arguably Mm -hmm. you would see the two best teams as opposed to the winner of the west and the winner of the east in the big 10 football championship but you'd be setting yourself up for michigan ohio state some years back-to-back weeks i'm not sure we want that back-to-back having those two teams Mm -hmm. play And, and originally when the divisions were put together with the leaders and the legends, that was a concern that was talked about. Ultimately, they said, yeah, we're going to do it. And if it happens, now it didn't, but we're going to live with that. All right. Now, still, what's going to get the best TV number? Michigan-Ohio State Big Ten Championship game, a rematch, yeah. or Iowa-Michigan, uh, Wisconsin-Ohio State? Is, yeah, the, the answer is the former former. Right. <laughs> the first one. So, in terms of business, mm-hmm. A, that makes a lot of sense. Now, there's been one program that has bitched about this more than anybody and that's Penn State. And every time that I've yeah. been in Chicago, right. it's been the Penn that's State true. media, that's true. James Franklin. Mm-hmm. They've been the ones that have been at the forefront of this because they don't think it's fair that they have to play Ohio State, Michigan every single year. I get it. I understand it. You don't hear Michigan State complain about it, though. Isn't that interesting? No. Yeah, that's true. And Sparty has not complained mm-hmm. about it at the same level. Ultimately, though, we know there's a huge divide. The difference between the East and the West. Now, the way you combat this very easily you just must move Ohio State because ultimately they are just a different program mm-hmm. than everybody else. So if you keep the divisions, how would you realign them? <sighs> Do you go north-south? He's still kind of running into the same kind of thing, I would yeah. guess. I don't know. Great Lakes and Plains Division? Do something like that. See, I kind of, selfishly, I kind of, I like it the way it is because I was going to be in the hunt most years. Right, yeah. In, in the West. It's better for business here. Right, right. Because you're playing... Teams that are also built very similar to you. It is a mm-hmm. a more true representation of where Iowa is as a program because they're not at the level of Ohio State. No, very few teams are. Right. They Michigan are. Michigan got them this year, but look at the last. It's been a while since right. they did. Oh, It took them 17 years to win a Big Ten title. Michigan, right. 17 years. And right. a big reason for that mm-hmm. is what the Buckeyes have done in elevating that program to another level. My concern about this ultimately, though, is... If the change comes in terms of conference schedule and going from nine games back to eight, and there's talk with the alliance with the ACC and the Pac-12 and the scheduling alliance that'll come along with it, is that they'll drop back to eight games. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be so many ties, and you're going to have four, five, six teams that are all going to be in the hunt. You know, maybe at six and two or three teams tied at seven and one, and how that tiebreaker comes. Yeah. When there's not going to be the same amount of crossover. You're not going to be seeing the nope. teams in your conference nope. as often when you drop that extra conference game. And because of that, yeah, I don't think that's a good thing ultimately 
trying to find the best teams when we're talking about scores, tiebreakers, mm-hmm. head-to-head. All right, you beat this team. That means you get to the championship game because there isn't a head-to-head. That ultimately, I think, would become a pretty big problem. Uh, I'm with you, Trent. And, and it seemingly, to your point, it, it, it comes up more so than when we are gathered in Chicago for Big Ten media days than any other time of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a huge talking point right. uh, for whatever reason. Anyways, so... Um, we shall see. I hope it doesn't. I hope there's. I hope it's no change. Stay status quo in this regard. I like it better. I do. I like it way, way better. I, I want to see Iowa and Wisconsin every year. I want to mm-hmm. see Iowa and Nebraska every year. I like the Gophers on the schedule every year. Yes. Right. Uh, even Northwestern, um, Purdue. I would keep those teams. Don't don't change. Don't change. Keep it the way it is. They're probably going to change. They're probably going to change. <laughs> They're probably going to change, yeah. ultimately. That's what it's going to be. Speaking of Iowa, after we go out the air yesterday. Yeah, how about the news? A couple of pretty big ones coming mm-hmm. back. So what surprised you more, Laporta coming back or Campbell? Laporta. Yeah, La- me too. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's Laporta. I thought Campbell was always going to come back. He's a really good player. I mean, yes. Obviously, I'm not saying First team he, all Big Ten. Right. I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't know. He's a hell of a player. But he's an Iowa kid. Uh-huh. Something to go along mm-hmm. with that. Laporta, I thought, really elevated his stock, clearly in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, when Petrus was playing quarterback, that was his guy. Right. That was his guy. The Padilla news surprised me, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I thought that, um, and, I, and it wouldn't, I, mean, I won't criticize any kid for going somewhere else if they think there's playing right. time there. You have that opportunity. If you think it's best for you, do it. But I'm surprised he did. I'm surprised he's staying. So what does that mean? It means that he looks at the roster quarterbacks right now and thinks he can win the job. Maybe so we that's have, clear. what, 22, 23 games now of Spencer Petras. we got a big sample size. And the sample size says he is not good enough to elevate that offense. No. Nope. Just isn't. He's going to come back. He's going to be the heir apparent. Mm-hmm. And you think the four front runner still. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Padilla. Mm-hmm. Showed glimpses. Mm-hmm. He's short. He can move around a little bit. Yep. They did different things offensively. Had the game against Minnesota where he had, what, seven drops in that football game. Yep. So could he, now with another spring practice and a chance to really fight for the job. He didn't have a shot for that job. No, it was going to be Petrus. Yeah. And we were wrong because this time last year yeah. we thought it would be an open competition. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. They might have said it was. Yep. It wasn't. That was Spencer Petrus's job. And then you have, who's now the favorite quarterback, I think, for a lot of people. Right. And Joey Labus. <laughs> right. So Joey Labus... A guy that can move around. He's got some size to him. He's uh-huh. bigger than Padilla. And he's the guy that we haven't seen. And the guy that we haven't seen so many times. He gets anointed. That's what you want. Right. You want something different. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks aside, though, if it's Labus, if it's Petrus, if it's Padilla, the offense has to evolve. It has to change mm-hmm. in some fashion. So how does that happen? What's well, a quarterback? I mean, you just said outside of that. I mean, outside of that? But, but I'm talking about schematically. Mm-hmm. Schematically, what can change? What can be different? I was still going to run the football. Mm-hmm. They're not going five wide. No. Nope. They're not run. There's no run and shoot coming well, down. Well, whoever the quarterback is, I want to see him take some shots down the field. Mm-hmm. And we saw that from Padilla. We did. Um, is Linderbaum coming back? Is, is he part of this offense? Is he part of this conversation? That's, that's the one that's still lingered out there, right? Right. What do you think? And we'll know by this time next week because the NFL draft well, deadline. Caker said we would know last, or thought that we would know last weekend. Now we're starting to see them trickle out. Right. What, what, what does this mean? 
He's an Iowa still, kid. He I loves his mom and dad. That mom and dad can get in the car and get the Kinnick and watch him. Mm-hmm. In a half hour. Right. And get home after the game or whenever they want. They want to stick around. He likes that party. He, was, he wanted to be an Iowa. He wanted to be a Hawkeye forever, apparently. He didn't go through senior day to ceremonies. And he said when he was asked about it, I'm not a senior. Right. Because he was a registered junior at the uh-huh. time. So I think it's still tugging at him. I really do. To I, stay, you mean? To stay. I agree with you. It has to be. Otherwise, we would have known by now. That's my take. And the other thing is we saw that injury that luckily uh-huh. didn't turn out to be significant he in the Citrus in. Bowl. Yep. But he goes back in. But you thought after a scare like that, okay. If there was any lingering doubt, the decision has to be easy. Based on that. Right. And again, He shows dodged you, a bullet. Will he right. the next time? It shows you that I think most everybody else is maybe just wired differently uh-huh. than it is him. These guys coming back, Petrus and Padilla both sticking around. I think it says something about the Iowa program and where they are. Mm -hmm. And after the tumultuous summer two years ago, how this program has redeveloped and and what a team it is. Mm -hmm. Now, Now, there's no trophies. Give them credit, but they needed to. Right. Now, there's no trophies for togetherness, regardless of what the people names want. Right. And Matt Campbell. Yeah. But it does feel like this program, it has brought them together that these conversations that they had in those tough moments in the summer of 2020 has galvanized this program mm-hmm. to another level. Mm-hmm. You just got to get better offensively. Now, they, they were embarrassed, but to their credit, from what we see, um, they have enacted the change. They backed mm-hmm. up the words that they spoke. It wasn't and, just lip service. No, it absolutely wasn't, Trent, which, which, which is good. Um, so speaking of, the, speaking of the guys' names, there is a little bit of news percolating in yes. names, too, with regard to the coaching staff. John Haycock, apparently, uh, Notre Dame... And Marcus Freeman, and these guys crossed paths at one of their stops before. They were both on his coaching staff. I don't recall which one it was, uh, but apparently they, um, they've they worked together in the past. Look, if you're John Haycock and Notre Dame comes calling, and they want you, mm-hmm. and they are aggressively pursuing you, it's a football scoop and they seldom miss. Um, they didn't say that it's a done deal, fait accompli, but they said to, that uh, Haycock is in South Bend and that apparently Freeman is pulling out all the stops to make him the defensive coordinator. How do you turn that down? I don't think you can. I don't think you can either. It's probably the last stop of your career. Uh, yeah. Probably the way that you're right? going to go out. Mm-hmm. You, I don't think he's a head coach. I don't, he's one of these yeah. guys. Don't, I don't think he wants to be. And it, if it is, it's probably more uh-huh. likely passed him by. At this point in his career, I mean, he's coveted. Look at look at all the the, the big name coaching staffs that have come to Ames in the off season to pick his brain. Bill Belichick and the Patriots talked to Haycock about what they were doing three years ago, mm-hmm. and we need to mm-hmm. evolve it. At and the look NFL how level. defenses in the conference yes. have changed. The Big Twelve is a defensive conference it now. Is. It is. You know what it also is? Not only in football, it's becoming so in basketball oh, absolutely. again. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm digging Ben Big Ten Big Twelve basketball rather because I'd kind of gone away from it for that very reason. Mm-hmm. I like the toughness, the tenacity that I think I'm watching in the Big Ten. I'm seeing that in the Big Twelve. Baylor, Texas Tech. Yes. These programs. Look at are Iowa built State. That way. Look at those yes. junkyard dogs. That's a different level, and uh-huh. they play and they bring it, and they bring it now defensively in the Big Twelve. I love and it. A big reason for that is this guy right here. Yeah, he is. He evolved the conference as a whole, mm-hmm. and you can't paint it well. It's just going to be okay. How many times have we come in on Mondays and talked about 
the adjustments at halftime over the last three years. And how teams, were, one after another team, was shut out, didn't score, settled mm-hmm. for a field goal, only got, got seven. I mean, very infrequently did Iowa State's defense collapse in the second. Yes, there were a couple of games, mm-hmm. but certainly nowhere near what, uh, what you're used to when you watch Iowa State. He's good. I, I think that um, if Freeman wants him, if indeed the full-court press is as... Uh, amplified as we're hearing that it is, I think there's going to be an announcement made. Now, if you go to Cyclone Fanatic, they don't need them. They got a guy bet behind them that's better. Okay. <laughs> right? Um, but I could see this happening. Yeah. I could see it happening. So he was on campus on Tuesday, according to this report from Football mm-hmm. Scoop. Uh, one of the parts of the story says, per sources, Haycock's visit to Notre Dame left the Irish very impressed. News you would anticipate would be coming very shortly Mm -hmm. if this is going to come to fruition. There's a connection. I believe also his brother, uh, also Coach Marcus Freeman at Ohio State, I think is what it was when Freeman was a great linebacker there. So that's another kind of deeper part of that connection that goes back to those days and Mm -hmm. where this relationship was another part of it. Is uh, going that direction. Well, Tom Manning left his offensive coordinator, Campbell's offensive coordinator, and came back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't see Haycock leaving and coming back based on his age. Right. I, I just think that, um, you know, this, this may be his last stop. And what a stop it will be if you get an opportunity to go to Notre Dame and be a part of that build. And they're going to be a good team again uh, in 2022. We will take our break, uh, get into the NFL when we come back with our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He joins us. Go around the uh, go around the wild card weekend that will culminate with a little Monday night football. The Cardinals, ah, boys, and, and the Rams. That one's got a chance to be very, very good. Which is the blowout game? Is it the Sunday nighter? Is it Pittsburgh? I... Andy Reid. Th- Did you see what Andy Reid said? No. He looks at the Steelers. He's, 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 they seem to be playing like a one seat. Andy Reid. They're going to try to muck this thing up and ugly it up. I might be grabbing the points here. Really? 12 and a half? I don't know if it's enough. It's a lot. I just I hope it's a good game. I hope they don't blow them out. Uh, I hope the, uh, the Chiefs win. Better for business, but um, I just hope it's a good game. We will do this. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the word bank. Keyword is bank at KXNO.com. Vinny Iyer joins Trent and I next. Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.300 bets off. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you here until noon. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we will uh, speak with Matt Postens on the Big 12. We'll do some basketball with Matt at 11.30. Wade Looking Bill will help us preview uh, Iowa and Indiana tonight. Iowa about, what, a five-point favorite, Trent, somewhere in that neighborhood? Five, saw some five-and-a-halfs out there. DraftKings right now has it. At uh, five, Indiana getting five, but minus one fifteen, playing with the juice. Gotcha. So maybe that number will switch a little bit. Yes. Uh, well, we shall see. Um, 
Vinny Iyer coming up. He is uh, going to join us from the Sporting News. Look forward to catching up with Vinny. I think we're in for a treat. I think the night game on Saturday could be epic when you factor into the the weather. We're going to have these two teams playing for the third time. AFC East opponents, Dallas and San Francisco, middle of the day on Sunday promises to be good. And I think we might get something with those two NFC West teams as we'll bring down the curtain mm-hmm. on Monday night as well. Vinny Iyer, wonder if he was up late watching his cats go down in double overtime to the Terps. Hello, Vinny Iyer. How are you? Stay up late and watch Maryland uh, beat your Northwestern squad in double OT last night. Heartbreaking fashion. Nance makes a free throw at the end of regulation. We don't have the extra time. Did you see it, Vinny? Unfortunately, I don't know what staying up late means this time of year, especially in the middle of the week. I try to catch all my sleep as I can get <laughs> recovering from the NFL weekend. So uh, it's going to be another long week. So. Yep. Yeah, cats basketball. I feel like I can't get into college basketball, even though I love my cats. I can't get into it until the Super Bowl's over. It just doesn't happen for me. So I'm all football all the time, guys, as you know, and yep. uh, I try to do that until the season ends. And yeah, unfortunately, I will be now informed of that news, and I'll be sad about it for a while. But then I'll move on. <laughs> yeah, so sorry to to, to to bring you down like that, Vinny. Uh, the six games, I think they're all in their own right have a little something, even though Kansas City's an overwhelming favorite. You got the Ben Roethlisberger angle. I think we're going to see a really fun weekend, and we'll start with the Cincinnati and Las Vegas. I mean, Joe Burrow, very quickly, um, I think when it's all said and done, the face of the, 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 face of the franchise, you know, historically, uh, might be the quarterback that's under center this weekend or in the shotgun in Joe Burrow. But but that aside, we can save that for history. Um, Burrow, first opportunity in the playoffs. The Raiders coming off an emotional win. I, I think Cincinnati moves on, Vinny. Can you make that case? Yeah, I think Cincinnati's going to easily move on. And we saw evidence in this game. I, I keep forgetting this is a rematch because it was so unmemorable. <laughs> the Bengals kind of went into Las Vegas and took care of business. They didn't even need 200 yards passing from Joe Burrow in that game. So it's been a completely different offense, though, since that game. They, they really trusted Joe Burrow. They said, look, it's fun to run the ball and stuff, but let's run to win the game. Old school saying of the pass to score, run to win. That's what I think the Bengals are right now, is that Joe Burrow's playing so well. I mean, when you put up uh, close to 1,000 yards passing your last two games, that count to, to be great here. I think he's on the verge of a special career. There's just something about Joe Burrow. He has that look of those great quarterbacks in the past where he's fearless, he's going to be kind of casual there and just be shrugging off teams. And I think he knows he's really good and really smart and knows how to really kind of manipulate defenses. And I think you've seen that when they've let him loose here. So, I really like Joe Burrow. He's a guy, if you're looking for one quarterback, and we have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen on the field, but if you're looking for one quarterback to completely carry his team pretty deep in the playoffs, it would be Joe Burrow. I think that's how well he's playing, and I think rightfully so when you look at some of the numbers and some of the scouting grades and all that. He should be right up there with Brady and Rodgers in the MVP conversation. That's how well I think he played because, look, we have evidence. He Towards mm-hmm. me up last year, the Bengals were a total disaster. He comes back, he influences them to get his receiver from college, and away he goes here for a big season. Let's go to Saturday night. It is the Patriots against the Bills, the rubber match of this series. Both teams won on the visitors' field earlier this season. Saw this game three weeks ago. Buffalo pulled away late to win it 33-21. And 
This team's won four in a row. Buffalo has now seems to right the ship after some shaky moments, and a big part of that, Josh Allen, not just with his arm, also doing it with his legs. What do you see Saturday night? Yeah, it should be a, a pretty good game. I think it's going to be tight. I think these teams will meet somewhere in the middle from the first two matchups. And mm-hmm. I, I think the emphasis is going to be on the running games. And Devin Singletary has also been a big part of why the Bills have turned things around is that they can run the ball now with one guy that they can trust because it was very hard to trust Zach Moss and Matt Breida and some of these other guys. But that's important. And then you realize, look, if we're running that way, we can also run playing off that well with Josh Allen so they can complement each other there because and you have to count for two things in the backfield. So that makes the Bills a completely different style of team. In some ways, it makes them less dangerous. I don't think you're as intimidated there beyond Stephon Diggs when you look at their receivers. I think Cole Beasley is kind of faded. Dawson Knox it can be contained. We've seen in some games at tight end. So the Bills are going to have to grind this game. I wonder if this game, however, is going to take a lot out of them physically in this round. And that's why you don't want to play here and you want to fight for seeding. But playing another team like this, if you know it's going to be a mental and physical toll there to survive this game. So I think the after effects are going to be felt for the Bills here going into the divisional playoffs. I think they can survive and scratch this one out against the Patriots, but it's going to be hard. Every yard is going to be hard to gain here. You're going to have to protect the ball, be careful with it, because uh, every extra possession will be big. You're also going to have to win on special teams as well, because both of these teams have uh, – guys that can make a difference there, whether you're playing field position or trying to get a big play there to spark your offense. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this game and the Cardinals-Rams game, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I just think anything can happen when you split the season series. Mm -hmm. It comes down to one or two plays. I think it's going to be, for folks, Pennsylvania residents, I don't think it's going to be a fun Sunday. Let's let's start with the Eagles and Tampa Bay. Although, I mean, it's Brady and it's Tampa, I don't think he has the weapons that they had last year. Vinny, can you make a case that this game is closer than some of the experts think it's going to be? Well, you look at the first matchup, it was 28-22. That was in week six, Thursday night at Philadelphia, so that helped them. The Eagles were at home. They're on the road in this one. The Bucks are a very good home team. The only game they lost was that Saints clunker. It was 9 nothing on Sunday night. So when you look at the Bucks, they are going to reinvent themselves, I think, in a good way here. That well, How did they win ultimately last year? It was with running game and defense. Right? So they're used to that, right? They made the run that way last year. Should get Leonard Fournette back in this game. He destroyed them the first time, uh, I think 132 yards from scrimmage and a couple scores against the Eagles in the first matchup. So he's a tough matchup for them. So is Rob Gronkowski. The Eagles, if you look at it, cannot cover the tight end. I think there was a bit of a sneaky statement made by Brady last week. Okay, Antonio Brown's gone. Chris Godwin's gone. Why have my boy Gronk here? I'm going to explode here in the playoffs. So. Remember, Gronk has been hit or miss in terms of being available for a lot of Brady's runs. He was there last time, and they were able to win it. So this is a connection that could really heat up old school to dominate a lot of games in the Mike Evans. So, look, a lot of teams, they lose receivers. They're not going to fall back on Evans and Gronk. So you have Evans and Gronk and Fournette, and you know he's going to make some of these other receivers step up as well. So the biggest thing for me is the Bucks getting healthier defensively. Also, their secondary pretty healthy right now, but Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaquille Barrett expected to return, Lamonte David is set to return. All of a sudden, this team is going to be 100% healthy on defense, so something to uh, not forget there at all with the Bucks that their run was a lot more about Brady. 
you know, a lot more than just Brady last year, and it could be very much so this year as well. Maybe our Eagles love Ken a little bit of trouble there after Vinny yeah. explained that one out. Well, Vinny, you and I, were of similar age. I'm going to guess this one gets you salivating. It's a uniform game for kids of the 80s and 90s. 49ers, Cowboys. How good is this one going to be in the middle of the day on Sunday? Well, I think people are questioning why this is so close in terms of the spread, but you look at the 49ers, I mean, they've played a lot of tough teams and had a lot of tough victories. I mean, think about it. They played the Bengals, and they were able to survive that game. They played the Titans pretty tough in Tennessee on the road and were able to sweep the Rams to get in the playoffs. I mean, they needed those two wins to get in the playoffs. So they have a little bit better resume outside of their division. It hasn't been all that great in their division, struggle against the Seahawks and Cardinals, but we also know that they're very dangerous. They've been there, done that in the NFC just two years ago. They have a lot of experienced players who can make a run. The Cowboys still trying to figure it out with Dak and have that breakthrough. And they've been to the divisional playoffs, but need to, to have that big breakthrough with Dak here. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You have a lot of great playmakers on the field. you got Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and uh, Brandon Ayuk on one side. you got Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. And uh, a lot of the other receivers, I do like Cedric Wilson a lot. Now maybe being in a much bigger role with Michael Gallup down for the season. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Let's strap in. I mean, two very good offensive coordinators here, play callers, I should say, and Kellen Moore and Kyle Shanahan. It should be living up to the hype here in one of the best games we've seen. And we've seen a lot of great games between these two teams. It's hard to believe that they've faced each other in a – NFC Championship six times, a divisional hmm. playoff once, but this is the first time they met in the wild card round. So that is. That's a lot of fun to see. Absolutely. Uh, Vinny, um, look, Andy Reid watches uh, this Pittsburgh, st- uh, Pittsburgh team uh, on tape. He sees a one seed. <laughs> uh, I think he's alone in that in that opinion, but nonetheless, um, he's giving the Steelers their full respect. Roethlisberger, I don't know how they won last week. They pulled it out there to their credit. They're in the playoffs. I think this is a blowout, Vinny. Your thoughts? Yeah, I guess Ben Roethlisberger and Andy Reid must disagree because Roethlisberger trying that. to play the yeah. games with Chip on the other side. He's saying, oh, why should we show up? Well, we're going to lose this game pretty badly. We're just going to have nothing to lose in this one. So a little gamesmanship on both sides there on, in this game, but I don't think the gamesmanship matters. The Steelers are not as good as the Chiefs. I mean, it's a 12.5, 13-point spread for a reason. I mean, it was a 36-10 blowout the first time. It wasn't even close. The Chiefs kind of won wire to wire. Look, it's great that Steelers have T.J. Watt and some good stories there, but they I've never seen their run defense be so bad. Their offense, it seems like they should be a lot better, right? You look up and say, oh, they have Johnson and Claypool and Fremoth and Harris. This should be a better offensive team, but they realize their blocking is bad. They don't have uh, much downfield passing ability with Big Ben anymore, so... They seem to be the anti-Chiefs at this point. So, I mean, yeah, the Chiefs should roll. I'm head-scratching why this game Sunday night instead of the 49ers-Cowboys yeah, game. Hey, yeah, you will, we'll watch another Sunday night blowout, I guess. We're used to those except for the Chargers right yeah. And then we wrap up with the first-ever Monday night football playoff game. Cardinals on the road for the Rams. Two teams that have showed glimpses of greatness this year, but also disappointing ends to the season for both sides. What do you see Monday night, Vinny? Yeah, it's going to be two teams kind of figuring it out here. I don't care if the Rams won the division. I mean, this is pretty tight. Remember last year, the Seahawks won the division, and the Rams won this game against them. So it's uh, tight. 
anything can happen here. And we know that these two teams are very good on the road, not so great at home. The Rams are only five and three. The Cardinals probably preferred not playing this game at home. They were eight and one on the road, only lost to Detroit of all places, and then they were three and five at home. So it might actually line up well for the Cardinals to play here and uh, be kind of road warriors through the playoffs. So. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to get it done here. I just don't trust the way Matthew Stafford is playing. I know you have Cooper Cup. The running game should get a boost here with the Cam Akers in the mix, but where else do you go to be trusted? Where I think the Cardinals are a little bit more versatile and get more guys involved. I think the key for them is both having uh, James Conner and Chase Edmonds healthy for this game. We'll see if that can happen because that gives them a little bit more diversity in the pass game. Rondo Moore is another player we should watch to maybe return and causing some uh, matchup problems, but a little bit more unpredictable. They're not tied to a certain amount of players. I think the Rams are pretty much locked into Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, and Joe Ramsey. I mean, they need those guys to kind of dominate to win every game, and they typically do, but they need a lot more help. But I think the Cardinals are a little bit more well-rounded. Don't sleep on one uh, J.J. Watt returning to provide a big spark to this game. Yeah, Hopkins doesn't sound like he'll be able to answer the bell at least for this one. I'm with you, Vinny, and the Rams went all in. They don't have a first, they don't have a second, they do not have a third round uh, pick in this uh, upcoming draft with uh, the Von Miller and, of course, the moves that they'd uh, made for, for Matthew Stafford to get him. Vinny, last thing for you, your uh, your latest mock draft is uh, was put up early this morning. I read it. You've got Tyler Linderbaum uh, going fifth overall to the Giants. Now, he still hasn't made it official that he's going to come out of Iowa but a center that high, that is rarefied air for a center. He'd be a first-round pick, uh, but a top-ten pick is the Giants. And that that's seemingly where they're going to focus, right? They want to rebuild that offensive line, which has just been horrible. Linderbaum at five, in your opinion, at least where you are today. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a number of offensive linemen that could go pretty high in this draft. Uh, you know, like a Makamu from NC State who can play guard or tackle. He's going to have a lot of appeal early in this draft. It's important not to reach for offensive linemen early, but the Giants do have first-round picks. The other one comes from the Justin Fields trade with the Bears. So they have a chance. I love that ability if you can get multiple offensive linemen. They already have a pretty good left tackle there in Andrew Thomas. So you get your right side and middle set up, and you could be really good up front here for Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, whoever's head coach. So I think that's been missing to control the action up front. They've also not been healthy. So whatever the Giants need to do to hire better conditioning and strength coach, they should do it this offseason because the injuries really did not help Joe Judge at all. But up front, get those blockers. But Linderbaum is the real deal. I mean, obviously a lot of your listeners know how good he is. Uh, Yeah, I have to give love to an Iowa guy. Yes, I have to do it. But he's (laughs) that good. And uh, centers should get more attention in drafts, I think. And they, they can take over games. They, they call the line, the line calls there up front. They can control the action of the running game and are important to your quarterback. So, look, Daniel Jones needs all of that because the yep. Giants have had pretty horrible center play for quite a while. Yeah, and a lot of eyeballs on Daniel Jones this year. This is a make-or-break year perhaps for him. Vinny, great stuff. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you for doing this for us, as always. You can read Vinny at the Sporting News, sportingnews.com. Vinny, thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Yep, good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer on the NFL. Talking a little Hawkeyes a little bit later on the basketball front with Wade Looking Bill. When we come back i got a proposal for you. Oh. Some news that came down over in Iowa City today about the old Capitol Mall right next to campus. Yeah. 
We'll get into that next. Okay, Miller and Condon, 1050. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Go in Johnston. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO at 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Final couple of minutes, first hour of the program. Hour two, Matt Poston's on uh, the Big 12 basketball star. What we've seen so far, also the Cowboys and the Niners as he covers the Dallas Cowboys. And then Wade Looking Bill on Iowa, Indiana tonight. All right, so you wanted to do what at the end of this hour here? So uh, news today from the Cedar Rapids Gazette that the old Capitol Mall is being bought by the University of Iowa. They already have a bunch of basically using it as different spaces that they use for the university, meeting rooms, things Mm -hmm. like that. It's an old mall that doesn't have a whole lot of usefulness anymore. It's right next to campus. It is literally right next to the Pentecrest. So what are they buying it for? Well, they say right now that they are buying it to basically razz some things and make it part of the university structure. It's right downtown. It's right next to the Pentecost. What do you want to build on that ground? I want to build an arena because Carver sucks. It just does. It's antiquated. It's 40 years old. It's not a great experience. There's nothing around it. Seats got to be closer. Put a new downtown arena in downtown Mm -hmm. Iowa City. 12, 13,000 seat arena. I've been to concerts at Carver. Terrible. I've been, of course, to basketball. Even wrestling meets, which are great in its own right. They're great because of the fans. But it's not because of the building. Ultimately, this is the best thing. Now, this is a 10-year plan. This is down the road. And you look 10 years down the road, Carver at that point will be 50 years Jeez. old. Carver. Uh-huh. It's time. It is. Um, what are the chances of that happening? Is there is there any speculation that that is in the long-term plans? Oh, just message board fodder yeah. and the like. But some visionary, you have to do something mm-hmm. like this. Carver it just never gained traction. When I was a student there, it was hard to get to. Yep. You had to take a bus. And if you did take a bus there to get back to your dorm, oh, yeah, buses come by. But if you don't get on that first bus, you're sitting in the cold in right. January waiting yeah. for the next bus. It just It's not an easy place to get to. Put it downtown. That makes sense, Trent. It, it almost feels like it's too easy. Mm-hmm. Forward thinking. That's what we have to be here because ultimately this would be a great thing. Look at Lincoln. Yes. And what they've done with that downtown Absolutely. arena. Now, Lincoln's a bigger city than Iowa City is, but sure, still. But they're filling it for basketball. They're filling it for, for bad basketball. Bad basketball and doing it for years. I Simple think this reported, is a whole run. reported over the weekend that um, uh, kind of a clandestine uh, extension for Hoiberg. Yeah. Moose on his way out the door apparently handed him that. There you go. A little Jeez, extra. I wonder how that went over. I, I'm with you. I think that's a really good idea. The likelihood it happens is? Not now. Soon? In in 2000 and... 2025, 20, we get yes. the plans. Okay. I was going to say 30, or you're watching a game there? Yes. Are you? Okay. I'll be there. For the when they cut the ribbon. I don't know if I'm going to be... I don't even know if I'll make a game this year. It's just, it's not a great experience. Yeah, 8 o'clock tip tonight, too. That's hard, too. Indeed. All right, hour number two coming up. We're going to get in Big 12 hoops with our friend Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. Look at the Cowboys and the Niners as well. Wade Looking Bill on Iowa. I wonder if he thinks they should move. I bet he does. We'll ask him. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports.